Welcome to Episode 2 of the History of California podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Last week we talked uh, about um, the land bridge theory and where the first peoples of California came from. Today we're going to talk about the landscape of these peoples, the different categories, and we're going to break them down uh, based on their environments to try to understand who these people were. If you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button and give us a review. Um, the reviews and the subscribers really help. Here we go. quotations about geography. But my favorite by far is the quotation that reads, geography is destiny. The idea is that we can explain a lot about the culture, sociology, and history of a people group by looking at the land. The example of this that comes to mind is the territorial expansion of the group called ISIS uh, in the Middle East. In the West, much of the interpretation of this group points to ideology. Uh, many people say that the group was, is propelled, or was propelled, uh, by an expansionist ideology of the universal caliphate. At the same time, you could also explain uh, what this group is doing by looking at the role of water politics in the region and Turkey's control of the water supply. The point is that one is not a superior interpretation uh, to understanding ISIS, uh, but geography is underappreciated. Uh, people see it as a lesser variable in understanding uh, the why people, the reason why people behave the way they do. Uh, this may be the case because geography is outside of human control, and so consequently, uh, we don't want to grant something power uh, that's outside of our own will. Now, as we turn to California, I would say that geography has a larger role to play than your typical state, as there are such diverse and lush landscapes that make up our space. First, California is enormous, not only in population, but in landmass. There have been laughable proposals recently to cut the state into smaller states. Laughable just because they sound like uh, an angry teenager who wants to be emancipated without thinking, hmm, where will the rent money come from? But what these proposals do identify is the reality that California is massive, and governing and managing it rivals the challenge of governing many small countries. Second, California is diverse, both in its geography, topography, and climates. My father-in-law was a contractor um, in the Central Valley, and periodically, he would do uh, projects uh, on the coast during the summertime. And he would regularly call home uh, to gloat about the sweater weather he was experiencing from the cold, cool uh, mornings along the coast, uh, while uh, his family back in the Central Valley was baking in triple-digit heat. From Death Valley to Yosemite to the Muir Woods, California is said to have something for everyone. And the climate can dictate a lot about the people who live there, too, um, even in spite of the fact that we have a relatively homogenous culture. 
The native people who migrated to the land that we call California today encountered the same land that makes up our diverse state. As we try to begin to understand the different native groups, one helpful way of categorizing people is by ecological and climatic zones. So today we're going to look at common patterns in the geographical groups, and we're going to break them up into four, and next time we'll begin to look at these tribes a little closer. So the first group, the first environment that we'll look at, is in the northwest part of the state. Uh, Beginning in the northern, northwestern parts of California, extending northward, are dense forests, long, winding rivers, lagoons, lakes, and a generally lush environment uh, that gets quite a bit more rainfall than the rest of the state. Many of the peoples who lived there or settled here uh, settled near water sources because they were both sources of food and transportation. The giant redwoods that make up the forests that I like to walk through in this region were often hollowed out to make both homes and canoes uh, for transport along the rivers that are part of this region. Fishing was a critical part of their food source, both freshwater and saltwater. And the lush nature surroundings uh, translated into an, econ- to an economy, a strong economy, and a distinct sociology of these tribes. Uh, When you think of a lush environment like a rainforest, you naturally think of a wealth of natural resources. And that, in a way, is a helpful lens to look at these people, these first people group in the Northwest. Um, For example, uh, one ritual that we know about from these early peoples that lived here was called the World Renewal Ceremony. And the purpose of this ceremony was to petition the gods or deities uh, to prevent natural disasters. Okay? And if you think about it, when your main interpretation or, or, excuse me, your main petition to deities is essentially to ask for more of the same, then it should be pretty clear that your civilization is doing well. It makes sense that the wealthy members of these tribes were typically the ones who paid for these events. The wealth of this land led to another symptom of wealth societies. This is an area in California where we see some early signs of private ownership of wealthy people owning groves of trees or parts of rivers. The next climatic group is uh, the high desert, and this is located in the northeastern part of California. Um, It contains volcanic mountains, large mountains, and also relatively arid flatlands. It's It's a pretty dramatic change from the wet and verdant landscape of the western half of North California. Northern California. Some of the tribes that lived in the mountains and uh, and the surrounding arid area, uh, their staples include salmon and acorn for food. Um, Others that lived in the high desert area, their food included grasses, roots, and small animals. Uh, These people additionally had access to obsidian, which is the volcanic rock located near these mountains, which was used for arrowheads and other weapons. There's also signs of trading um, between different tribes. Um, and this is evidenced from the existence of intermarriage outside of the tribe. Unlike the rainforest people, this group depended much more on the seasons and trade, so connection to the outside and connection to um, the patterns of nature. Uh, there's less evidence of wealth here, albeit the obsidian trade likely could have produced some kind of burgeoning merchant class. So now that we've talked about both uh, the northwest and the northeast, let's go to central California. 
This includes the coastal areas, the valley, and the foothills. The respective areas do have their differences in terms of diet. The coastal areas rely on the ocean for food, obviously where the valley does not, uh, but they share enough similarities that it's worth containing them in one group. Uh, two staples of the diet of all of these groups was acorn and salmon. Um, additionally, most of these people that lived in Central California relied on small mammals and rodents to supplement their diets. The most distinguishing mark of this region, though, is basket making, uh, with the Pomo, tri Pomo tribe creating some of the highest forms of this art of basket making. And this art actually still continues um, in the residues of the native culture that has survived the violence and suppression uh, by other cultures in California. And um, Some of the baskets made are some of the most beautiful uh, pieces of art uh, of native culture that remains. Uh, the final category of people that we will conclude with is the people of Southern California. Um, the range of life here is as varied as Central California, uh, from the canoe-making people of the Channel Islands to the desert-inhabiting people of uh, the Sonora. Uh, the people of the islands built canoes to trade with people living along the coast who lived uh, in lush coastlines full of animal and plant life. The desert people also enjoyed an environment rife with resources, albeit of a different kind, small mammals, rodents, grasses, corn, seeds, and much more. Villages ranged in size from small, uh, small villages of 100 people to larger villages of more than 1,000. Class began to emerge in these larger villages. Structures were built of materials available um, depending on where you lived. Uh, so people on the coast might use whale bones to construct structures while people in the desert uh, would use mud and adobe that was uh, available. And these tribes uh, would be actually the first tribes uh, to encounter the Europeans in California. So this was the entry point uh, for the Europeans uh, as they begin to interact with natives in California. So in the next four episodes, we're going to visit uh, one tribe from each of these regions to get in touch with the region at a more intimate level so we can really begin to understand who these people were. What you've hopefully gathered from this survey um, of native life early on is that Native people were as varied as people are in California today. In the same way a Bay Area programmer differs from a Central Valley farmer, uh, Native peoples differed from each other in dramatic ways. Um, but yet, at the same time, these groups had things that binded them together. And there were similarities that span across different geographical locales, from the rainforest all the way to the desert. Um, in the same way today, no matter what part of California you're from, um, when you leave California and visit other places, we all bring something distinctive with us. Uh, maybe it's just that we all utter the phrase at some point, you pay how much for rent? So next week, uh, we'll begin to look at the people living in the Northwest region in a little more detail. Have a wonderful week. <music>